Happy uh, hello, everybody. Welcome on in to the Barchard Show right here on the Water Boys Podcast Network. As always, joining me for the the lost portion of uh, feels like of every podcast is Coach Gary. Coach, uh, how are we feeling thus far? Because I've got I've got some good news for all of us. Uh, once uh, once you say hello to everybody, I don't know. It's, I almost feel like uh, I don't know. I feel like I just live in purgatory with this team right now. I don't know. It's just hard. It's hard. It's hard for me to find a word for it, but. I think it, frustration remains. It's I, you know, they're not a good team, but I don't think they're a bad team, and they just I think they just find ways to lose games. Um, well, it's for the the fact that they find ways to sell, uh, and not not sell, but uh, it feels like they sell away a lot of games too. But to lose games, uh, we're gonna actually celebrate tonight, Gareth. You can just bear with me for one second. I want everyone to hear this, okay? Let me just get this just right. And oh, there we go! There we go! The cork's off, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's. Oh, oh! Do you? Oh, do you hear the lustrous bubbles pouring out? Oh my gosh! Oh, we've made it, everyone! We've made it. It's the week that everyone agrees that this team is really bad, and this team is really, really bad. And there is. No way that anyone can't see what's happening here. This is destruction. This is Nate Gary looking at his ass as Lamar Jackson uh, is running for touchdowns. This is Nate Gary not closing on a simple angle on what a, a running back should be uh, who, who runs like a 5-6, it looks like, on television. He can't even take an angle for that. Uh Carson Wentz uh, between, um, you know, start to finish is completely off the hook, at least in my opinion, from this game. Yeah, there is struggles, and I'm sure that the uh, if someone will find a, a way to criticize him for this one. But Carson, still a good quarterback. Jalen Hurts, still an interesting piece of it, and a lot of fucking questions to answer. So welcome back, everybody. The Super Bowl is officially worn off. We get to fight about two different quarterbacks. We get to fight about offensive looks we get to fight about who is going to be a part and not a part of this team everyone's turning on Zach Ertz I'm pouring a little orange juice with my champagne because it's Mabosa time baby uh I, I am so glad that this pompous ass Philadelphia Eagles fan base is back to where it should be yelling and screaming for more and demanding more wake up it, it's been happening for for a couple of years, and we've just been treating this team with soft gloves. But ladies and gentlemen, Gary, welcome back, because we're going to fight uh, for years upon years of Doug Peterson, Howie Roseman, whose fault this all is, and it's all coming to you uh, from Sports Talk Radio to every podcast, every article written. Where do the Philadelphia Eagles go from here? And you know what it is, Gare? I don't even know if the fucking glass is half full or half empty or just a glass or there's just shit in it or it's cranberry juice or water. I don't know what it is from week to week. That's going to happen more and more. Get ready for your six wins. It's like when you have stale water, that's what's in the glass. You know what I'm talking about? You leave it out for too long and it's just stale. Oh, dusty. It tastes good. It's like dusty water. That's what's Just like the movie like. Signs, right? Yeah. It's too it's dusty. Not good. Um... It's frustrating because one of the encouraging thing was the play from Carson. I mean, the guy was running from his for his life the entire time, but at least it looks like he was, you know, making plays. One thing you can't question: Charles Davis said it in the in the broadcast. You just can't question that guy's toughness or will to win. He wants to win really bad, but it's probably the only right thing that Charles Davis said during that broadcast. Oh, I know. But yes, he, I agree. That guy, that guy, <laughs> because 
can't get him to shut up. Not even when you're playing Madden, he can't. You can't get him to shut yeah, up. My goodness. But um, I would. I I am surprised. I'm sitting here asking for Matt Pryor back. I mean, the guy who filled in for him today. God damn, he was terrible. The Came defense. On Brown. The defense not taking pursuit angles. I mean, that's install day one football. If you yep. play pee wee football, it's literally a drill. You you break down, you run on the 45 to the hypotenuse of the runner. It's that simple. You're cutting off the angle. And the fact that they can't do those simple things right is crazy. I charted today because last week you made fun of me for being Facebook, uh, Eagles Facebook group. I charted today <laughs> off. I charted off coverage um, third downs and the amount of times they gave it up. They gave up six out of eight times they did it when they played Unbelievable. off. So it's not, it's not, it's everyone's right on this one. When they play off on third on down, third they, down. Just give up yeah. first, they just give up first downs. And you can see it before the snap happens. It's infuriating. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. We've been doing this over and over again, this sticks defense that everyone likes to call it for five that's, years that's now. First of all, ridiculous. first of all, now you're back to, now you're back to fucking Eagles face. Well, that's why I say stick. I put six sticks deeks defense. <laughs> I said sticks defense. I'm doing air quotes here. No, I appreciate that. It's them playing uh, off coverage. Whenever they go they, off yeah. and they just, they just let guys get underneath them. They, they stay on the line. They don't move. It's well, that's, a, see, that's the, that's the issue with the, with, but that, that really didn't kill them all altogether because no, it didn't. I just wanted to chart it because last week yeah. you called me Eagles Facebook and I was like, no, oh, no. I, you know, <laughs> I'm, I, this is something that everyone really can get... see. So I'm going to chart yeah. it. So you do Twitter, you do the echo chamber so I can just read what I want to read. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, yeah, but that's that part of it. Um, I, I, I can't explain to you what really insanity is at this point. Because we're all arguing uh, a bunch of uh, different things on what is going to fix anything. And I don't think, uh, I mean, sure, uh, sound tackling from high school, uh, <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah, that That's an important thing. Like, all these are pretty simple things. But uh, honestly, for what the challenges that both coaches were given, I thought Jim Schwartz and Doug Peterson had a pretty good day today. That doesn't mean that you should be happy by any of the performances, but... Like, you know, I, I Zach Ertz uh, being injured, Miles Sanders, God, I hope he doesn't have a long-term uh, injury issues here. But, like, we are now really, really back to practice squad to where, like, Hakeem Butler was active today, and unfortunately his game-winning walk-off touchdown did not happen, yeah. which I was thought it was setting up here for. But, uh, you know, uh, Richard Rodgers makes a couple of big plays today. Uh, Travis Fulgham made a couple of big plays today. And, and uh, God dang, I mean, like, kept them – Within a, a two-point score, of tying this one up by drawing that penalty, uh, I I think we're at the the point where Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson no longer need to be back here again because, well, I think that would help in the win total, and uh, let, uh, I don't want to do that. But but Gary, we're celebrating for another reason again today, and I'm sure that we can uh, really go back to all of the talking points from this past week and what didn't didn't work, and yell about the same things over and over again. But uh, point of order. Jalen Hurts, Carson Wentz on the same field. There was a double quarterback pass to one another, mm-hmm. and and they were both in shotgun, and they both had their hands up yeah, at the exact cool. same time. <laughs> and somebody crazily might have mentioned that to you at two a.m. on April twenty eighth of uh, you know two thousand twenty or something like that, and explored more. But that is coming. Okay, this isn't a gimmick. 
I believe we're going to see more and more of that, and I don't care if it's running around for 25 minutes only to gain four yards of actual offense, but there were two QBs on the field. I am so, so close to that sweet chin music, Gary. It was so pretty, close. It was pretty cool, though, because that game's over unless they go to the Jalen Hurts set. I think what they go, Jalen Hurts, like five or six plays in a row just to kind of get him rolling again. It even helped, it even helped Carson get back going again. I mean, yeah. If they can figure out a way to make this work and make both quarterbacks happy, still Carson's the more talented guy, but the asset of having the mobile guy who can also throw, I'm all for it. I, let's get weird for the rest of the year. The frustrating thing is you're probably still in the playoff race because Dallas is probably will lose today again. Well, the but Giants won today. I, I know. It's just like, <laughs> and then you get to play the Giants. Listen, if you play this same exact game on Thursday, you beat the Giants. That's the annoying thing. But it's like, you know, I, I'm fine. Let's just get weird as shit for the rest of the year and see what happens. Yeah, I'm I'm totally down uh, for all that. I mean, it got weird today, and that's the only reason why they got back into the game, just like you said. Exactly. Uh, um, apart from uh, the what the failed two point conversion from Jalen Hurts, good things happened when was when he was on the field. Yeah. Can we talk about that last two point conversion? Yes, please. What the f- what was that? It that was, was a it horrible like, idea. It looked like Boston Scott didn't want to give the ball up. The play was dead regardless. But why are we calling read option on like the most crucial play of the game? You had to have a better play in the in the playbook than that. You got to just let Carson try and go make a play if you're going to go and do it. Like the the Jack Driscoll is beat up and you just saw him got got taken off. I mean, uh, who was that Toth that was well, being abused went, completely? Well, even went to the left side, but like. Well, here's the actually. You know what? Like, I, I, I still think it's a dumb call. Regardless, I think Carson needs to have the ball in his hands. But think about the challenge that you now have when you're down to your is it your fourth or fifth right tackle? Third, third, fourth or fifth? It's tough to say because if you count Matt Pryor in there, I think it's five. Yeah, I don't know. Toth should not be in that game at all. Right? I thought, no I, matter I thought if he was, played pretty well. I thought he played. What? Pretty well. <laughs> He was the reason why Carson <laughs> ate his lunch and got that last interception down there, man. Jesus I just think Christ. it's funny to say anytime someone comes to me, I thought he played pretty well. I thought he actually played pretty well. It was all right. <laughs> That's what most beat writers do when they just like turn the corner. And they're like, well, I actually thought they played pretty well when you get called out. You know, you get pants down there. I like your style. You're learning quickly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the uh, yeah. That uh, what were no no Toth was horrendous. Yeah, not great. Um, he could have ran. Jamon, but Jamon Brown also horrendous all game. You don't have Jamon Sanders. Brown was bad from the first snap. You, was, and you don't have you don't have Ertz. You don't have. I mean, Alshon Jeffrey's not active. You have JJ Arthago Whiteside. You got TF thirteen. You've got Greg Ward, Boston Scott, Jason Kelsey, and that's pretty much it, right? And Richard Rogers. Richard Rogers now become like I think the play call is impossible regardless. Yeah, I think they fail either way, but I hate that they handed it off to Boston Scott. Oh, yeah, that was stupid. Right, here's a hot take for you. Richard Rodgers is a better tight end than Zach Ertz is right now. There's a hot take for you. <laughs> playing Just, better. He's playing yeah. better. Yeah. I would 100% trust him getting the ball more right now than so Zach. So are like 28 other tight ends for the record. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> he's playing, like I said, he's playing pretty well right now. You can't hate that. Um has the relationship <laughs> I, have we asked this at any point this week? Has Carson and Zach's relationship been tainted at all? Is that where this bad vibe is coming from a little bit here? Do you think it has like shades of McNabb Owens where he's not backing him on the contract no, kind of thing? Like, I mean, I don't know if it's like that, but it just seems someone didn't step up for somebody. Or like, and it might not be a Carson like Ertz thing, but it just seems. Uh, 
doesn't seem like it's just he's feeling the vibe from everybody almost. And it kind of reminds me of because Le'Veon Bell got cut today and there were some, you know, former Steelers that got injured. It was just like, hey, man, are you all in or are you not? And it ended up being too much of a business thing. They didn't really have any big issues with him, you know, as a teammate or whatever. Just like no one would have any issues with Zach Ertz as a teammate. I I don't know. It certainly feels that way. I feel terrible that is, you know. He almost had his his uh, his big uh, <laughs> big yeah exactly <laughs> when he stiff armed who was that that was uh, around him uh, linebacker oh, it was, uh, was LJ Fort him. oh yeah it was LJ Fort uh, who also made the play against Boston Scott at the yes. end too which is very it was fitting. him and Judon just within the second the ball was snapped they were in the backfield uh, so yeah I uh, that is that's gone now too uh, I, I guess but. Uh, yeah, I, I forgot where I, I'm doing a lot of what you I'm taking you all over the place today. I'm so yeah, sorry. No, it's fine. <laughs> I'm, well, that's the first I had heard the, the Carson Ertz. Um, it looks like it. But, that's all. Well, I mean, I don't think anyone would I don't think anyone would be wrong in saying like Zach Ertz's body language is clearly looks different this year than it ever has. Right. It just it just doesn't. I don't want to say he doesn't look invested, but it just it, it seems like. What's the word pressing? We ever say Carson was pressing. It seems like he's yep. just been pressing all year, which is just an excuse, but it just he just doesn't look right. That's that's really what the best way to describe it is. But it's funny because you keep making these points, and in my head, I'm like, oh, you know, you know, Miles Sanders hurt. Maybe you go look at a veteran. Then I'm sitting there, I'm like, and why would we do that? Like, why would it even matter? Why are we going to try and prove the team? Like that stupid article that came out today about them aggressively looking at a trade. There's just no reason. Just yeah, absolutely like Jason, no reason. And and that happens like literally. Jason Locking for makes that report and then that game happens. You fucking kidding me, man? Right. Like don't don't even think for a second that that was even a possibility. If they're going to be aggressive and trying to dump a bunch of assets off to other teams, maybe that's something that is very possible. But if we took it as yep. oh they're going to go in and be aggressive with this stuff, no, they've got to get out of a bunch of different places here. Um and. Yeah, like that's still probably Alshon at some point. That's why I'm assuming you're probably never going to see him. Oh, we is, can't see it, him. You, you need to keep him as healthy as possible to just get rid of whatever's left of his contract. Now, so the, we there, were supposed to see him today, weren't we? I, You know, I have the weird feeling that they can't trade him. It has something to do with the contract and ramifications. I, I don't know where I read that. I feel like there's like a, a move, like some kind, if you move him or trade him or cut him, like there's, a major ramification on your cap for next year, even though he's just done at the end of the year. I, I think there's weird language as contract. I'd have to look that up, but I feel like I've would read have that to be a, it's a it's have to be like a Brock Osweiler situation where you give yeah. up a pick just to get the contract. Yeah, like him in a fifth nice. and like get something back. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's funny because the, the post game one's hard for me because I still have the green glasses on every time. I want to see the team win. I have the hardest time disconnecting from the game when it's actually happening because I want to see the win so bad. And then tomorrow I'll be like, that's ah, probably the right thing for them to keep losing. It really is. I'll talk myself back and be like, hey, we just got to be bad. I just, you know, I can't get past the the fandom part of it. Still. You're still hanging on. You I don't still think hang this on. team's actually bad, do you? I don't know if I think they're that bad. I, I just, I really don't. I think the quarterback has a will to win that's going to pull them. And I think they just, I think they're in a situation where – Listen, they're not a good team. I know they're not a good team. Say it, Gary. They're bad. You're not on the wagon. I'm just drinking my second glass of champagne. I just can't say it. You're not even on the wagon. We're having a show about being on the wagon, that this team is terrible, and that we need to start drinking all that juice way, way down and be angry at each other and fight about draft picks again. Be on board, goddammit. What what are you talking about? What else do you need to see that this team is not bad? (laughs) I'm not saying they're good, though. That's the thing. What are they? You're saying they're not bad. I'm just saying that there's this, there's still a shot at making the playoffs, so let's fuck it. Let's go for it. Why not? 
There's, I don't care. At this point, I just want to see if they're going to be. They're going to get a good pick anyway, and hopefully, don't make a dumb front office. What is going to help so, this team make the? What What are they going to do when they make the playoffs, Gary? It doesn't matter. I think at this point, Carson like, Wentz going to get hurt, and then Jalen Hurts gets in there and wins him a game, and everybody's freaking out about that again. Is that what's going to happen? Well, you know, I wouldn't. I, I know it's. We said a couple weeks ago, it's bad reps, but I wouldn't mind just seeing reps for Carson in the playoffs at this point. The The problem is the window's just so, so wide open with the Dak injury, and we missed that on last week's podcast. We didn't get to talk about that. The window just becomes wide open again. It's like. It's one of those things where, like, you can get in, anything can happen. It's not going to happen for this team. But, like, again, I'm a fan. At the end of the day, I'm still a fan. I just I, – I, I still want to see him go for it. And that's the fact – like, that's just how when I – When you say go for life. it, what do you want them I, to do exactly? I want to see if – I want to see them try and make the playoffs, but I don't want to see them make any moves to help them make the playoffs. That's essentially what I'm saying. I want to see them stay status quo and try and win games. I don't want to see them tank games. This – this green Kool-Aid motherfucker over here is trying to just ruin the entire like listen, look. Oh, it's already it's already done. It's already done. I don't know why like Garrett trying to hang on to think that something good would come out of watching his team play in the playoffs is ridiculous to me. Like how what joy are you going to have when this when this team is in the playoffs? I'm an Eagles fan. There's no such thing as joy for us. We had that one. Yeah, but so why do you want to see it? Why do you want to see it? Because I just want to see. Why do you want to see them get in the playoffs? I just want the shot. I don't know. I just want the shot. For what purpose? To lose or to win or to just what? For Carson to to have that? To give you a little more hope on the season? Yes, for Carson to to get the opportunity. I mean, Carson got knocked out early last year. I thoroughly think if he stays in the game, they win. I like to see him get a shot. I I think at this point, I'm so loyal to Carson, it's almost to a fault. And that's, I think you can all see that. But this doesn't mean that Carson Wentz is done if they don't make the playoffs. I know that. John, if they listen, if they even if they make the playoffs, like they're going to lose in the first round, they're going to like they're still going to be in a situation. Like I don't think them making the playoffs is going to lead Jeff Lurie to be like, hey, wait a minute, we just add a couple veterans here, fix this up here, we're back in it next year. I think they already know they have to make moves, but the window's wide open. It's not slammed closed for you. You're not the Jets. Like you're not a completely incompetent team. So there's yeah, you're am, you're one win away from from not being the Jets and yeah, also but you're also Jets. not getting blown out every week like the Jets are. I mean, like those those are two losses that I don't want to say. Well, I would say they're they're not moral victories, but they're encouraging losses. There's there people are making plays, and I also want to see. I just want to ride it out and see how well they can do. And then what? Go in the next year and hope it gets better. Oh, great. Fantastic. So just replay the last three years of what's been happening. You really think if they make the playoffs, they'll make no changes? They'll just convince themselves they can keep continue to do this? It, it, they just did it. They just did it, Gary. You're telling me about the definition of insanity. They just signed Darius Slay to be competitive. They just did it for Hargrave because they thought they were going to be competitive. They're nowhere fucking close to being competitive. I don't give a shit if they've got six wins in this division. They need to fucking have five because I, it's unbearable to watch these guys come out and play. Unbearable. Not fun. Not like I hope it happens. It's making Carson Wentz look much worse than he really is time and time again. And if we have to have keep having these Carson Wentz discussions every single year, I'm going to keep pointing to the goddamn roster because that seems to be the issue, and no one wants to just accept that and believe it. It's Jim Schwartz. It's the defensive coordinator. You're blasting him all week. Actually, he had a pretty fucking good game. So did uh, Doug for a little bit there too, but they both have fatal flaws. That's why you keep seeing this crap over and over again. And why do they have the most fatal flaws? It's because guys like Sidney Jones, even though I think he had a, not a good of a day today, is still making plays. It's because 
they don't have a roster to fill. It's because now we've got to worry about Miles Sanders maybe being gone for a couple of weeks. We haven't even thought of Dallas Goddard for a while. We haven't thought of Isaac Samuel. Many of these guys. Where's he? Seriously, though. Uh, the, uh, honestly, like wh- if, what? Uh, what was his contract again? Five, five or seven million dollars per. Yeah, I just have no idea. Ten I feel million like dollars per. He got hurt. We haven't talked about him in weeks. So, like that, that might be able to help Carson out. There's a, there's a ton of things that might be able to short term, long term, whatever it is. But we're gonna be stuck here, sitting in. I don't want to feel like I'm, I'm moving my offense. And and Gary, we didn't really touch on this last week either. But I mean. Uh, the hostility between that seems to be brewing between Doug and Howie and Zach and Howie and that whole thing. Maybe it's just that, you know, like Doug can't save Zach Ertz and Doug can't save all these guys that are on his roster that he might be telling one thing, just like we saw last year with the whole coaching debacle and all that back and forth. You know, that's clearly playing an effect in that locker room. I don't think it's just Zach, but like if the guys kind of know that Howie is pushing around Doug, What's what's to say that they can't push around Doug in that locker room? He suddenly becomes this weird middleman with no authority. I'm not projecting. I'm just saying, like from the rumors that have come up around that, and then Jeff McClain mentioning what he did on the fanatic. Yeah. Even if it, even if it's just by perception, I don't think that's a good situation. Yeah, that's. I, I was going to ask you if you saw that Jeff McClain quote because that was really weird that he makes the decision who gets to practice and who's also active. I mean, that's no way. Like. Say anything you want about Howie. He's obviously not a very good evaluator of talent. So him deciding who gets to play and who doesn't get to play, I feel like the coaches should have that decision. And if it really is Doug, all Doug gets to do is make play calls on Sundays. This is not even an attractive job going forward if they do make a coaching change and Howie's still here. Because what coach is going to come get bullied around by a guy who goes, oh, I like vanilla and chocolate. And I can't, I obviously can't draft. Like, you know, I, I've said it a couple times this week. I if if any change comes, I'd like to see how we recloseted, deal with the cap, and let's get a let's get a different guy to evaluate talent. I think that's one thing yeah. I'd love to see. But I, I don't know if I'm ready to make full sale changes with the coaching staff or you. I don't know anymore. I, I, yeah. I don't know who's running the show. And that's the problem, is there's too many there's too many things where it looks like the same stuff we've we've complained about. Schwartz looks like he has too much a say. We don't really know what Doug is saying a lot of the time because mm-hmm. it feels like Doug is just repeating what the front office is saying. So, well, they've muzzled Doug multiple times too. Like, obviously, they don't trust Doug to say some say stuff to the media sometimes. Yeah. So, it's weird. It's almost like um, it's almost like Jeffrey Lurie was just so burnt by chip that he's just still afraid to relinquish any power back to the coaching staff and the coaching staff brought you what you always wanted. And ma- and maybe you're just holding on to this, like the value of it. maybe he puts this way too much trust in Howie. I don't know. Maybe everyone does. I think Howie is, there's a common denominator here and it's been Howie. It's been going downhill ever since the Super Bowl win. And Howie's been here since the beginning of chip. I, I don't think that's fair though. I think there's a lot of common denom- denominators. I mean, Carson's a denominator. Uh, you know, Doug is. Jim Schwartz is. Yeah, well, that's all fair. All of these just, things are. You but know, if like we all believe Howie has that much power, he would be the greatest common factor or whatever. That's what I would think. Sure. At least. I, I, yeah, and that makes sense. It's just, you know, there is a, a, a yet another week here of we're going to have to decide, like, who is a better decision maker. Mm-hmm. And I know that 
if you look at Jim Schwartz, that's probably not the best one. But even after today, uh, Doug's probably a guy that we don't talk about enough like we do Jim. And that was my point last week. The same things are kind of happening to him regardless. We've already mentioned with the Boston Scott thing. Yeah. That, that, that's a big deal. Um, I start to wonder that there's always a little bit of truth in lies, right? Like, I don't believe that Michael Lombardi thinks that he's the most unqualified coach whatsoever, but there might be some steps in there which are true, which will explain, I guess, to your point, Gary, why it does look like there's, you know, Howie or whatever between deciding practice or deciding who's going to play on game day and he's really has complete control of the roster. That's part of this too. It's it's a it's a half thought out plan from Doug and it has the same type of feel and all that to it. Like there's there there are ways where I start to think that maybe they're doing this stuff and how we might be doing this stuff if no one really trusts Doug yet. And how does no one trust Doug Peterson yet? And rather than saying, well, he won a Super Bowl, he did all these things, I believe it's in our best interest as a fan base to start questioning, well, why don't they trust Doug? Because that's a more important question to me. Right. Why doesn't Howie Roseman or maybe even Carson Wentz or whoever Someone doesn't trust Doug Peterson fully, and I only have Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman to look at there. And that's been the feel since the beginning. That perception's never gone away, Gary. Uh, you're exactly right. It's weird that I, I don't want to keep going back to the fact and say it's like it, it's obvious that it's obvious that they just don't have faith in him, but the players do. I mean, anytime you talk to someone who's close to the locker room in terms of a beat, we've talked to a few beats. They always say they all want to play for Dad Peterson. Dave, uh, Dave Sangaro just said that. They want to play for this guy. The players have bought into him. It's just so odd that the front office won't. Or is coaching staff really? I mean, like there's. Yeah. So I always go back to that weird comment last year about Jim Schwartz when he was interviewing for the Cleveland job. And there was that line of questioning is Jim Schwartz, your still defensive coordinator. And he's like, yeah, when he gets back, he's like, well, when's he coming back? He's like, I'm on a flight later. If he's not, it was a very odd, weird. It was a very weird line of questioning where it never looked like Doug put faith in the gym. And anytime Jim talks, it almost sounds like he doesn't want to answer questions that he thinks that Doug should be answering it's weird. Like, I feel like there's a rift between the two of them, maybe a little bit. And it's well, not if, a if, mess. It's what it is. I feel like sometimes. And again, I'll go back to McLean uh, that year, 2017, who might've suggested it looked like the Jim Schwartz was trying to be, you know, and, and people have said, Oh no, that's maybe that's a little overblown or whatever. I don't know. Well, it's probably the same, not at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So the Nate, let's go back to the Nate Gary touchdown from last week. You know, right. They asked, they asked Jim Schwartz at his press conference, like, did you not think it was a timeout? He goes, well, it's on the head coach to take a timeout. He just passed the buck. I mean, you were a head coach at one point. You can just start screaming timeout. But you should start screaming timeout and explain to Doug later, be like, hey, timeout had to be taken. You know, I, I also yeah, don't, under, I don't understand what the involvement is with Doug when the defense is on the field, because from what I understand, wait, like was he just, saying head, head coach has to call a timeout. He was they? saying head coach, head coach calls the timeouts. That's what he was right. saying. Okay. He didn't yeah. say he has to call a timeout. He's like the head coach calls a timeout. But I mean, I've seen people who are not a head coach call a timeout. Hell, I've seen a punter call a timeout. Just like if someone has to take a timeout there. <laughs> yeah. 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 That makes right. Okay. I missed that part this week. Yeah, it uh, was like weird. He just passed the buck on that one and basically just didn't didn't take the blame for it. 
when he did take the blame for it the week against was it against yeah, LA? He t- it was the week LA he took blame for it or Rip. against or two weeks, yeah, he was yeah, like, yeah, two oh, that's on me. So <laughs> I did that. We thought they were gonna come with something complicated and they didn't, and he hasn't yeah. It's just been a a weird thing. Like Jim Schwartz doesn't seem to trust Doug. Right? That's why they just you I just he just does what he does. I do what they, they do. There was supposed to be a collaboration, but right. collaboration sounds like I just need you to do what I'm telling you to do. And I actually so, think if they if they do move on from Jim Schwartz, it's not because Jim Schwartz is a bad defensive coordinator. I think it's because it's he's run his course here. I think that's what it's going to be more more going to be. I know a lot of the Eagles fans don't like Jim Schwartz, but for the most part, he's been pretty good since he's been here. And they've had a good. They've always been very good the against. Choir here. They've always been very good against the run. The the off ball coverage drives me insane because you can see it coming. But it probably happens more often. We it's one of those things where we magnify it because it's so easy to point out every time. Like even a novice football fan can just point that out. But for the most part, he hasn't had a lot to work with, and they've been a competent defense over the last few years. So if he does let go, my point will always be it was probably more or less that he had just run his course here than he was a bad defensive coordinator. I don't think he's losing his job because he's bad at it. Well, but, you know, that may or may not happen, and you're probably right. right. I just – does it feel like the Eagles want to move on from Doug Peterson? I don't – Because that's what I keep asking myself. Like, yeah, it's, it's like it's one of those questions. Like, it's, it's hard to answer that question when that story came out before kickoff week one. That's that's where you always got to go back to. Where did that story come from and the timing? But even now, even now, more proven than any other head coach has been having to prove, I guess, without going through all of this. Like a, a Super Bowl winning head coach should get six, yeah. seven years. And now I don't even think that that's <laughs> even possible for Doug Peterson as we're staring down maybe a, a, a five to seven win season here in the middle of, like you pointed out, an NFC lease that is dying to be taken advantage of and they might be still the best of the crop and I might be eating a lot of crow by the time we get to the second half of the season because it's Pittsburgh and Baltimore back to Mac but so uh, that I want to ask you a question there's a thing and it's it's a it's a it's a barstool type thing but it's a Mets fan thing where you get to a point in the season where they call they say console you console the season and if you say that you can't come back are you willing to console the season right now that yeah, you're out? Like you're just you're out. Okay. See, I'm, I'm not out. ready yet. I'm not ready yet. So, and then they say Been once out. you console, you can just sit back and just be like, all right, now we're just gonna watch the game, half pay attention to the red zone, check my fans. I'm not out yet. I'm just not ready to be out yet. I'll be there. I'll get there at some point. But yeah, the the loss to the Giants on Thursday night football is good <laughs> for you. Now at the totally. Giants, if not, not if the Cowboys keep losing, the problem is as long as there's a shot at the playoffs, I'm gonna. I, I'm stupid, John. What's I'm stupid. Wrong I'll with just, you, Gary? I'm like a dog chasing the bone, dude. I just can't. I can't give it up. If it's there, I want it. If someone keeps constantly squishing on a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and you're just like, no, it's still good. No, it's just it's fine. No, oh. it's just there's just right. Oh well, peanut butter and jelly is really good. So you have to find a different example. I'd probably eat that <laughs> even if you sat on it. <laughs> but this is. What they're giving you, they're farting on it, right? Uh, yeah, so I there's know. There's a little fecal matter. Then they're like, oh, we can't serve that. And they're like, well, can we? And then they mm-hmm. stomp on it a little bit. Maybe if we take the heels of our feet and just dig out the fecal matter, just from the top layer of the bread, 
Gary will still eat this. He'll be back here. And that's what I'll you're just, doing. You're like, oh, yeah, please. Yeah. I, I would like some of that. I'll get the hep C shot. It's fine. I'll keep going. And meanwhile, you could be having your Wagyu beef and be demanding it, demanding it in a Yeti cooler or whatever the, whatever the hell it is. It's a Yeti you, cooler. You're right. It yeah. is a Yeti cooler. Okay. That's always dead on. That's what you need to be demanding, Gary. And yeah. and you're just fine because they're still in it. They're yeah, that's it the problem. I'm an idiot. I'm a big dumb win. idiot. That's what I am. I'm a big dumb idiot, but I... Uh, Run it into the ground. Let Jalen Hurts run around for for twenty eight quarters and just whatever. To have Carson Wentz not get killed. It's fine. Like that needs to happen. I thought we were going to see him again today, but I thought the Ravens so too. decided to play prevent defense and Carson Wentz uh, wouldn't quit. That's what we love to see. That's fantastic. Those are all good things. Carson Wentz still better than Jalen Hurts. Those are all still good things. I need to see Jalen Hurts out on the field. And we are two losses away from that happening. You know, we need to see some split time, some razzle dazzle. I need the entire cast uh, and feel of stripes when Bill Murray is, you know, in the, uh, uh, <laughs> the, the what is it, the carpool of uh, of how did the chicken cross the road and come out with some new fancy dances when he uh, surprises the graduation you're, group. You know, you're, you're ready to go full Miami Dolphins wildcat offense, just revolutionize the league for the rest of the no, season. No, <laughs> no, yeah, why not? Like, let's let's just let's just see it. I, I'm with it's you on clearly that. there. It is clearly there. And by the way, I, I want to emphasize this the most. They had two quarterbacks ready to take a snap. They're cl- they have changed the offense, and they have an offense that is ready for Jalen Hurts that they're not ready for. I was discussing Patrick Mahomes in his first year a lot this week. Because I, I, always, I always have these like, you know, these ridiculous people believe that sitting Patrick Mahomes for a year is actually a great idea. Uh, even though he didn't have the playmakers, <laughs> yeah, it was a mistake. That's my point. There's never a good reason to sit a quarterback unless you're designing an offense completely around that person. And you need some more time, which some very smart people pointed out uh, when, you know, Alex Smith to Patrick Mahomes and the whole transition. Lamar Jackson. His whole for, well, did Lamar Jackson Lamar Jackson took a little uh, bit of time. Partially. Yeah, they took a but, little bit of time to move over to him. But they took it another offseason and right. perfected it. We had no idea. We weren't ready for it. MVP candidate. I tell you this. There is a explosive, powerful offense that they are creating for Jalen Hurts. I don't know what it is. I don't know why they're not making it Carson Wentz's. Ding-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling. Keep that in your back pocket. But uh, they're clearly making a different offense for them and for Jalen Hurts, and we are very, very close to Sweet Chin Music. I want apologies, Gary. I want everyone lined up. I want everyone to kiss my ass. This team will have a two-quarterback offense by the end of the year. It's coming. That's why the champagne. You can enjoy your playoffs, Gare. It's time to ship a little sam. Ship a sh- see, there's too many glasses already. There's too many cheeks glasses. Are warm. We should wrap up the podcast and just say, that "Welcome." Uh, I am completely checking out. I'm no longer emotional about this season. I have been for weeks now, and I'm just glad that everyone's here. Gary uh, is clearly not there. Let's split the fan base. Very when stubborn. this when this comes out, let's put the poll up on Twitter. Who are you riding with? You are you? Yeah. Are you shutting it down with John, or are you staying on board with me? Let's all get hurt together. Let's do that. My let's side. All get, let's, let's all get hurt together. Let's all get Jalen Hurts together. That's fine with and, you. And 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 uh, let's just enjoy these mimosas and just realize that we don't have to do anything but just manage uh, all the draft names that start coming out in the next couple of months because it's going to be a crazy one. Know that Jalen Hurts' value is going to skyrocket. Doesn't matter. There's there's not seventy Trevor Lawrence's out there. I'm sorry, but uh, for Coach Gary, for me, John Barchard. Welcome on in. 
Welcome back, Philadelphia. Your team stinks. We stink. Can't wait to debate with you for months on months on end. And we may never see a Super Bowl for another 50 years. Who knows? But, like, I'm just glad that we are settling into our cocoon. God bless us, every single one. We'll see you next week right here on the Waterboys Podcast Network.